This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Let's say hi to Michael Manalapin. He's up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Michael, how are you? Great. How you doing, Dan? What's up, Mike? Not much. I, I just wanted to call in as a, uh, a, a big Mets fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, a Mets agon- used to be agonizing Mets fan. And how life has just changed. I mean, it, it, it's so great now. I mean, and and also as a guy that used to be a jealous Yankees fan. For instance, when we beat the Yankees those two games, I, I it really wasn't a big deal to me. I was happy. Years years before, I would have been ecstatic. But now, even like we lost these last two games going into today, even if we lost these next two, it would have been shocking with Scherzer and Degrom on the mound. But I, I just have faith. I mean, the Wilpons and, you know, the Yankees fans or other people saying the Mets fans in August, they always think of the past. The past was a completely different organization. We have a brand-new Mets organization here. I consider a brand-new team to root for. And it's just I'm, I'm enjoying it. I don't get too high, too low. I know we're going to make the playoffs. When we get in the playoffs, we have the two best dogs in the game going hard. And uh, it's, it's just a great time so, to be a Mets fan. So it's a level-headed approach from you. And you're right. I, I mean, the mentality changes a 1,000% from the way things used to be. But but be honest with yep. me and answer this question. Okay. Was there any time at all this year? And, I mean, look, they, they've hit the skids the last couple of days. We know that. And it was against the Braves, and it was ugly. Was, was there any time at all this year as a fan that you even for a second in your mind allowed yourself to push the proverbial panic button? Yeah, it was it was earlier in the season when they were winning, and then Lindor was in a slump, and it, things just weren't going great. I, I I think they got to like a half a game. I got concerned, but then they came back, and I was like, uh, I'm like, the past is the past. Buck Buck uh, Showalter. I mean, I never used to watch post games. The guy is tremendous. It, it's just it's a but like now I'm not. I wasn't. I wasn't. I wasn't uh, nervous or thinking twice about it. Like, I have faith in this. These guys don't rely on the home run, which is the best thing. I, I didn't like watching baseball, home run strikeouts. These guys grind out at bats. They're going to, you know, they didn't do well the last two nights. Last two nights, the starting pitchers got knocked out. Again, they didn't score, so they wouldn't have won anyway. But they don't depend on one particular thing. I wasn't happy at the trade deadline. I couldn't be happier now with the, got, the trades they made, which I thought were inept at that moment. But I'm not, a, I'm not the guy in charge. Now mm. I trust the guy. You know, Mike, you know, you mentioned Buck. Can I I say one more thing? Yeah. And again, this is not coming as a hater of the Yankees. okay? Mm -hmm. but the one thing like me, I'm enjoying this ride getting to the playoffs. I think the Yankees fans have to stop thinking championship or bust every year. Like they're just not that that team anymore. They haven't want, you know, enjoy getting the playoffs. Don't always don't always. I don't know. Bring it up. Ninety nine. Ninety-nine, they were they were playing bad in September. They're playing bad in August and September. Like you, you just need to. I don't know. Just don't always go into every season thinking you deserve a championship because you're not the Astros, you're not the Giants, you're not the Dodgers. Like you're in a different different world now. So again, it's not a Met, Mets hater, just a Mets fan in a great place. Mike, good phone call. Seriously, good phone call. You get back to us. And, and you know what? I'm not even going to take the Met approach and the Met angle from what he just said. I like what Mike said even to close out that phone call. A little bit of a missive to Yankee fans. And I don't think that Mike is trying to start anything there. You know, he's not, he's not trying to, to, to bait 
the Yankee fan, but I think that it's a completely rational point that he made. Like, when does that expire? Right? What, when, when you go into the, the Yankee book of sayings and you open up that page, like, when's the expiration date on that? Right? We all just watched the captain, the Jeter thing over the last few weeks and, you know, all those glory years in the Yankee dynasty under Jeter. And it was that championship or bust. Why? Because the Yankees have the most championships of any team in baseball, right? What is it, 27? What are they up to? I don't think they got 28. Yeah, right? 27? Whatever. But it's World Series or bust. World Series or bust. We hear that about the Yankees. We don't hear that from every other team. We don't hear from the Mets. When was the last time you heard that from the Mets? World Series or bust. Ever? Maybe in the 80s. You know, from like 85 to 89, like maybe those were the only five consecutive years where you thought because the Mets were that good that you said to yourself, oh, yeah, for the Mets, championship or bust. But the Yankees, I mean, if you want to talk just straight facts, the last 22 years, they won one World Series. So, I mean, there's been a lot of busting more than championships, right? One out of the last 22 has gone to the way of the Yankees. So why should we expect any different? I mean, if you're going to make a wager at the beginning of the season, Yankees going to win. Who are you betting to win the World Series, the Yankees or the field? You'd probably be smart to take the field because, let's see, all but one time in the last two decades, it has been the field, not name the Yankees. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Lonnie in Long Island, up next here on 98.7. Lonnie, what's the word? Hey, Dan, how are you, sir? What's up, Lon? Another suffer. I'm a suffering Yankee fan. I'm so, I'm, you know what I'm going to tell you the truth? I'm going to be honest here. I'm so disgusted with watching Boone and the Yankees that I turn to the Mets. And there I tell you, you know, go. I got a little there excitement. There you go. Wow, look at these guys. You see the light, Lonnie. That's what you're doing. You're seeing the light. You're having the epiphany. I'm, it's like a religious awakening you right. for you. I think the Mets have a better shot of winning the World Series than the Yankees, right, the way they're playing now. And I'm going to say, Stanton, we miss Stanton. Yes, we do. And why isn't our closer closing the ball? Chapman should be closing. He's been pitching well. I mean, I don't get what, what's going on over there in that organization. It's horrible. Mm, I'm just you really, you, let me ask you a question. I, I, might turn, you... I might be a Mets fan before the season's over. Milani, you can't do that. There's no more. There, we don't have enough room for you. We don't have enough room for it. We're not taking. We're not taking any new. Lonnie, you got to fill nope. out an application. You got to fill out an application okay. like you're like you're applying for a new passport. You got to fly. Fill out a new application. You got to mail it in, and you got to wait six to eight weeks. And we don't hear. You're not going to hear from us again until at least March or April. You can't jump on the bandwagon wow. this year. There's no more seats available. No more seats available. All no right. more seats. Well. Hey, I'm going to say good luck to you guys. Lonnie, you're the best. You know that. You get back to us. But, I mean, you can't, you can't do that. No jumping ship. You're a Yankee fan. You stay a Yankee fan. And he's right about that, about the closing situation, but he's wrong that it should be a role as Chapman. But right now, that also lends credence into why you can't feel confident about the Yankees the rest of the way because who the hell is the closer? Like, if I asked you, if we were playing, the, remember the Game of Life? They still have that thing, the stupid board game. You could be a winner at the Game of Life, la, 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 remember? I don't even know if I ever played that. I remember, like, friends, I never, I don't think I played it. I wasn't a big board game guy, like those. Um, but if you had a game to win for your life right now, 
and you had a one-run lead with three outs to go, and you had your choice of any of those guys in the Yankee bullpen, and you had to pick one of them to close the game for your life, for your life, who are you picking? You know what my answer would be? Pick up the phone, call your friends and loved ones, and probably tell them it could be the last conversation. That's what I think. Robbie in Massachusetts. He's up next. Rob, how are you? Hi, Dan. You know what's more exciting to me? <laughs> watching Flies Fornicate and listening to your show than watching the Yankees. Oh, now judges in the slump. Come on, everybody join the slump party. Come on. I love it. You know, I was real excited today because I predicted that maybe he put IKF ninth and he would bat Benny first. And he did. But then he had another brain fart. Let's put Glaber up third behind Judge. Oh, that makes a lot of sense, Aaron. And then let's put Rizzo and Dallas. And three guys admired in slumps. Why didn't they let Trevino for crying out loud bat third? You know, there used to be a guy named Munson who batted third when I was a kid. I mean, oh. I, I can. This is so unwatchable. And kid, do you think do you think Rizzo maybe could just like hit the ball up the third baseline, and just get the hell on base? Do you think that's possible that maybe he wouldn't stand so far over the plate? I mean, you know, he did, used did up all his energy uh, with the batting helmet in the dugout the other night. You know, bashing it against the hat rack or whatever. I know. I miss Joey Gallo. I really do because nobody could swing and miss the way he could. You know. You know. Now we're now we're rating now we're rating the ability to actually make, you know, look you know dramatic when striking out. I mean, I, I don't know, Dan. I don't it's, know what the answer Robbie, is. Robbie, it's an art It's like yeah, it's an art Rizzo form. again. Yeah, Rizzo just struck out again. So sit down, forty-eight. That's good. And the being, it's funny, Kluber. Okay, Kluber in his last seven starts, I think, has a seven ERA, but he'll mow the Yankees down tonight and make them look feeble. Here, and Corey Kluber looks like he's with Cleveland now. I mean, it's just, I mean, one. I mean, Dan, this is professional baseball. One run and under the run and three innings of baseball. I mean, do we, we? I know we miss Stanton. I know we miss Matt, Matt Carpenter, but and I know, I, I know they miss DJ, but this is insane. I mean, I, I've never seen anything like this in my life. I have never seen a bunch of guys take the ball the wrong way. I'm sick and tired of watching guys pull the ball. Why can't these guys learn? Why can't these guys watch a film of the 98 Yankees, that, you know, that 96, 98 team, you know, 99 team, and watch them take the ball to the opposite field? They should just study that. All these guys do is pull the ball along the ground. I'm so sick of watching Donaldson. I'm, I, I can't take it. 28 like his IQ. Oh, we got to hit ball the ball. Here he goes. Good. Maybe it'll wake him up. Anyway, brother, got a question for you on the Giants. Got a question for you on the Giants, right? All right. I love, okay. I love, love I'll let you do the Giants, but it's just like, I, love, I really, I enjoy the, the, just you venting and airing out all the dirty Yankee laundry, Rob. Because you know what? You're, you know why? Because it comes from a genuine place with you. That's why I love it. We have, we lost Robbie. We lost Robbie. I thought he was going to make his giant point. Uh, you know, Robbie, give us a call tomorrow, buddy. We're not going anywhere. We'll be here. We'll talk Giants tomorrow. By the way, Peter and Don, the K-Show, they're going to be at Giant Camp tomorrow, uh, starting at 3 o'clock. So take a listen to those guys on the K-Show. Um, bad news, I guess, maybe, potentially, for the Mets. They got a 4 nothing lead in the bottom of the third. Guess what happened? Mother Nature, I guess, got tired of the Mets having fun because the skies just opened up down there in Atlanta. I don't know how long the rain delay is going to be, but if it's lengthy, that could knock Max Scherzer out of the game with a 4 nothing lead in the third inning. 
I'll tell you, whether it's injury, whether it's Mother Nature, I mean, Mets starting pitchers just aren't made to go past the second inning in this series. I, I don't know what the hell it is. It's incredible. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. Stream live sports and original content. With ESPN Plus today, you get, among other things, access to the award-winning 30 for 30 library, unrivaled UFC access, including exclusive pay-per-views, including UFC 278, this Saturday, where Kamaru Usman puts his 19-fight streak and his welterweight title on the line against Leon Edwards. New and current subscribers will receive $20 off the pay-per-view price for UFC 278. Stream anytime, anywhere. Go to ESPNNewYorkBundle.com to learn more. Uh, Mets and Braves in a rain delay, like we told you, in the third inning, who the heck knows you know, how long it's going to be, and more importantly, is Max Scherzer going to be able to come back out for the game? You know, you don't want to burn this bullpen anymore, and that would be a shame if they lose him because of the rain. But they do have a 4 nothing lead, and, you know, this Braves offense is mighty potent. It's as good an offense top to bottom as there is in Major League Baseball. They can strike at any minute. So that Brave lineup, you know, would much rather want to be facing anybody out of that Met bullpen and not Max Scherzer. So... Longer the raindrops take, you could see, you could tell the grounds crew probably in Atlanta, they know that as well as anybody, and they've probably been told that. That grounds crew there is probably going to take, like, extra long. They're going to do extra special care getting that field ready for that game to the point where they hope the longer they take, maybe Scherzer uh, stiffens up a little bit. He's not going to be able to go back out there and pitch. We shall see. But 4 nothing Mets, whenever they resume, we'll let you know. Yankees trailing Tampa Bay. One nothing. that one in the fifth as the Yankees' offensive woes continue. Let us say hi to Chris in New Jersey. He's up next right here on the Dan Grosser Show, 9870 ESPN. Christopher, how are you? How you doing? Doing well. Chris Burton for New Jersey, longtime listener. Appreciate you guys. What's up, Chris? Just wanted to mention how you doing. Doing well, sir. Thank you, sir. Quick, I uh, just want to make a quick comment about, you know, the guy, that caller Mike really hit on the head in regards to uh, a great time to be a Met fan. And you would ask him, have you ever been nervous about being a Met fan this year? A little bit at the beginning of the year, but I will tell you, with Lindor, when he was struggling, he was still a leader on the field. The one thing that I'm begging for is us to give DeGrom some run support, and, that, and I'll be a happy camper. <laughs> that would be nice. I mean, certainly that's the name of the game. And look, I mean, we've seen plenty of examples over the years, Chris, and thanks for the phone call with DeGrom himself. You know, I was talking about it with Don and Peter right before our show tonight when I hopped on the end of the K show. I mean, what happened on Friday, right, when the Mets played the Phillies? Scherzer was great. Seven, I think he pitched seven innings, only gave up one run, and they still lost the game because the Mets couldn't score more than a run, goes to extra innings, and they lose. So, yeah, I mean, that's a battle that they've been fighting for a long time. Long time. Subi in Midtown. He's up next here on the Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. Subi, what's shaking? What's up? Regarding, like, the baseball things in general, do you think, like, both teams, you know, Mets are hitting their stride late in the season? Do you think there's going to be a way for, like, you know, all these teams to hit the stride towards the end of the season for the playoffs so they can actually go deep in the playoffs? I mean, the Yankees are down, down the drain right now because maybe they didn't plan that ahead of time. Now, the Mets had a lot of depth. In the beginning of the season, now they got the minor leaguer up there. The Yankees didn't have a, really a plan for the end of the season, and I think that if they don't hit their stride, a team like the Blue Jays could easily take them off in the playoffs, who are always good in the playoffs. And for some some reason, 
I don't even know. So that's all I got to say. Is it really important to teams to hit the stride later in the season rather than the beginning? That's all I got to say. Not necessarily. And, and by the way, the Blue Jays, they're not, they're not always good in the playoffs. I mean, when was the last time Toronto went to a World Series? You know, 1993 when they won it with Joe Carter. You might be thinking of Tampa, getting them confused. Tampa makes the occasional run in the playoffs. Um, look, there's different ways to skin a cat, right? If I can borrow that expression. And I hope the animal rights people don't come after me. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not advocating this, you know, skinning of cats. But I even brought it up today on my MLB show this afternoon. 2006, when the Mets lost to the Braves, remember in the LCS, the whole Adam Wainwright, Carlos Beltran infamous moment. You know how unimpressive that Cardinals team was that year? They won the division the National League Central with 83 wins, if I'm not mistaken. 83. They were barely above 500. And they only wrapped up the division like in the last couple of days of the season with 83 wins. And what happened? Got hot at the right time. And not only did they go to the World Series, they won the whole thing. Sometimes you go wall to wall, wire to wire. You're just like the 98 Yankees, right? 98 Yankees, you get one of those clubs. You're the best team from start to finish. And you don't really face many obstacles. That 98 Yankee team, frankly, got bored with the season. Because if you go back and look at the month of September that year for the Yankees, like they, you know, they had lost some games. They, they were just like, wake me when the playoffs start. But it just, it, it's, it's different. You know, it, it's just, you don't know. And you could talk about depth or lack thereof. The one thing that you don't bargain for is you don't bargain for injuries to happen. You may stockpile a roster that could guard against that or at least could prepare you if guys go down, but a team never puts it. Like, general managers, they don't construct teams saying, oh, well, you know what, this guy's going to get hurt, that guy's going to get hurt. That's not the way they map it out. They hope everybody stays healthy. And the Yankees, I think, to a man, if you ask them now, why are we struggling? Why aren't we playing well? Because I think they point the finger at the injuries. Stanton, LeMahieu, Carpenter, like think like the Carpenter one. Look, he was great this year, great. But could you imagine back in March or April, if we would have sat here and we would have said, "Boy, you know what? Yankees are really going to miss Matt Carpenter late in the season." He could, that is one guy they can ill afford to lose in Matt Carpenter, and it's fact. But I'm not going to sit here and start to throw a pity party for the Yankees and say that, oh, they have no Matt Carpenter and they're doomed. I mean, Matt Carpenter is almost 40 years old. You signed them on a one-year flyer. The guy was in the minor leagues. 800-919-3776. Danny in Long Island. He's up next. 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Dan? First of all, thank you for the Carlos Beltran Wainwright retrospective because that almost set me into a grand mal seizure because I could still I could still see me and my children standing in front of the television, my son yelling "Swing, swing!" Dan, <laughs> Dan, that wasn't my intent. You know ruined. that. You know that wasn't my intent. But I'm glad you're with us regardless. But anyway, you know a lot of you know ebbs and flows of the season. It seemed like the Mets had all a all of a sudden. You know, the Titanic hit the iceberg, and we had some injuries and some bad luck. And now you get Scherzer on the mound. The pitcher for the Braves has nothing. They have three home runs through three innings, plus a couple other hard-hit balls. Max is sailing along, and what does the baseball guards order up? How about a little rain? Yep. So now, you know, 
every Mets fan's already said, oh, this is it. Oh, this is going to be it here. You know, the, the bullpen's going to come in. Let's just see what happens. But it just seems like you're in one of those stretches for a week here now where if it can go wrong, it will. And how about the rookie hitting a two-run home run his first time at bat? His first pitch he saw in the major leagues hits a two-run homer. Tremendous. Tremendous. Now, you know what you got to have happen? You got to get the game finished. That's what you, you got to get the game, the game finished and you got to get the win. You know, this would be, I, I mean, you know, I, I'm not overselling things here. This would be as bad a loss probably that the Mets have had all year if they come back and lose this game because you could point to the baseball gods. Like you said, like, why did the rain come? The rain could potentially change the momentum of this baseball game. And if the Mets win, you know, if they were to win today and tomorrow behind the Grom and they're back up to five and a half, and you in very it. short order, we're going to turn turn the ca- uh, calendar to September. You know, you go and you look up at September first, and you got a five game lead. At that point, you can say, "Listen, I got twenty five games left. If I go seventeen and you know twelve or, or seventeen and thirteen, whatever it is, the Braves would have to go twenty and five. So now that's a, a five and a half going into September. That's a nifty little lead. That, that all could change tonight in a big way. So let's keep our fingers crossed that Mother Nature cooperates and we get Max." On the mound, I, was, I, I said to the screener, I always wondered if, if pitchers went under the under the uh, stands into their training area during a rain delay and just threw yeah. simulated innings just to keep themselves loose. Obviously, he's not going to be able to throw 100 pitches tonight now, but can you at least have a, have a half hour, 45-minute rain delay where you threw two simulated innings of 12 pitches and now you come out and now instead, instead of being on 35 pitches, you're at 50, but you can at least go out and give the Mets three innings and make it to the fifth. Yeah, they, they keep their arm loose during the rain delay. It's not full intensity like they would if they were pitching, but they certainly just keep themselves agile enough because they don't want to stiffen up like what happened to Carlos Carrasco, for example, after the rain delay, which contributed to him maybe hurting the side. You know, Dan, thanks for the phone call. And look, bottom line is this. If I asked any – I don't care what fan you are, but in this case we're talking about the Mets. If I asked any Met fan, as Danny just said, at the beginning of the year, on September 1st, would you sign up for a five-and-a-half game lead? You're damn right you would. Who wouldn't? thousand percent. This series with the Atlanta Braves was always more important to the Braves. It's more important always to the team that's trailing because that is their best opportunity to make up ground. All the Mets had to do in these four games, we said this back on Monday, just get a split, break even. Because if the Mets leave town on Thursday night and they split the four, the Braves are going to look at it and say, well, we didn't lose any ground, but we missed a chance to gain ground. And that's why you really don't sweat the first two games that much. Because with Scherzer and DeGrom lurking, these games were always going to be advantage Mets. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Still in the rain delay there. Tampa's opened up a 3-0 lead on the Yankees in the fifth inning. Trouble in the Bronx. A Yankee team that scored like three runs in the last week now have to come all the way back from that in one game? Good luck. Talk some hoops when we return. Dan Grasser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Domingo Herman's night is done. He's out after four and two-thirds, but Lucas Litke comes in and at least puts out the mini fire that he started. So Yanks trail 3 nothing going to the bottom of the fifth. Mets and Braves in the rain delay. Uh, four nothing in the bottom of the third. We'll wait and see when things are going to resume there. NBA schedules came out today. And last night on the show, we talked about the Christmas Day slate of games, which the Knicks are going to be a part of. 
And when you look at the Knicks right now, let's see, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, uh, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15. Knicks get 16 national TV assignments this year. Not terrible. Not terrible. Not, not great. But not awful. Right, so that tells you basically that the, you know, networks feel that the Knicks will probably be on par with, you know, maybe where they were a season ago, maybe a little bit better. I don't know off the top of my head how many national TV games they had last season, but, you know, 16 games, you're talking about that's roughly, you know, a little less than a quarter of your season for a team that is no sure thing to make the playoffs. I don't think that's awful. But if you haven't seen it yet, they're going to open the year on the road in Memphis to take on the Grizzlies on Wednesday, October the 19th. So almost two months from today, two months from Friday, the Knicks will open the season in Memphis. The home opener is two nights later on Friday, October the 21st, which is a very special day, at home against the Detroit Pistons. So at Memphis, home against Detroit. They have the Christmas Day game, as we told you last night. That'll be against the Philadelphia 76ers. That is a Sunday. Remember, Christmas is a Sunday this year. The noon tip-off. They always give you the noon one because a lot of people are still waking up. Most people haven't even thought about putting the TV on yet. You're opening gifts. You're eating breakfast. You're doing the, your, your thing, cooking the bird, whatever you got to do. Uh, but the Knicks will be playing against the Sixers on Christmas Day at noon. Then you have... Just looking at some of these other uh, notables there. The annual MLK game, that is going to be Monday, January the 16th, at home against the Toronto Raptors at 3 o'clock in the afternoon there. Uh, the All-Star break is from the 16th of February to the 23rd, and the All-Star is in Utah this year, ironically enough, given Donovan Mitchell and all the rumors that he has been associated to over the last several months and probably doesn't figure to really go anywhere. And if you look at, um, you know, the Knicks as far as when they play the Utah Jazz and when they square off against those guys, let me find that on the schedule for you. They're hosting Utah on Saturday, February the 11th, and they will make the trip out west to take on the Jazz. That's got to be earlier in the season. Yeah, Tuesday, November the 15th. So November and February for the two games there against Utah. West Coast trips, everybody wants to look at the West Coast trips. Those are going to be from, uh, they got a four-gamer, Denver, Golden State, Phoenix, Oklahoma City, November the 16th to November the 21st. So that one is fairly early. Then the next time they got to go out west, that will be, as I scan the schedule, later in the year in March. That is Sacramento, the Clippers, the Lakers, and Portland, March 9th to March the 14th. They close out the regular season at home against the Indiana Pacers on Sunday, April the 9th. So that is the Knicks' schedule. That is what they have lined up for the upcoming season. And, you know, we'll see how it plays out. That's all you can say. So what did I say, Thirteen or 16, um, 16 national TV games? The Nets, by comparison, I thought this was interesting. Last year... They had 26 national TV games, did the Brooklyn Nets. Remember, they had all that star power. They went into the season with KD, with Kyrie, James Harden, and they were the betting favorite to win a championship, right? They were everybody's darling in the NBA. It was the Nets, the Lakers, and everybody else. Well, the NBA probably, I say probably, delayed the release of the schedule for at least a couple of days because 
They were waiting to see, just like the rest of us, whether or not Kevin Durant was going to get traded, whether or not Kyrie was going to end up on another team. And that would certainly influence the number of national TV assignments that this team would get this year, right? Well, Nets had 26 last year. You know how many they got this year? 13. 13 national TV games for the boys from Brooklyn. And we don't know if Kevin Durant's going to be on the team or if he's not going to be on the team. But they'll open things up at home on Wednesday, October the 19th against the New Orleans Pelicans. And they'll close the season at home as well against the Philadelphia 76ers on April the 9th. One o'clock is the tip off there. Little Ben Simmons, James Harden get together to close out the season. And really, I guess the ultimate slap in the face, the ultimate indictment for the Brooklyn Nets is they were not one of the teams picked to play on Christmas this year. Which I think, I think if you're an athlete, it's probably a relief. Like, if you ask me, like, would I want to play on Christmas? No, it's, it's Christmas. It's a holiday. Why would I want to go to work on Christmas? So to me, it's actually a, a blessing in disguise, but maybe they don't look at it the same way. But the Nets are not one of the ten teams that are selected to play on Christmas this year. They get to play the day after Christmas. I don't know if that's any sort of consolation prize. They'll be at Cleveland on December the 26th to get the day after Christmas game. But... That's what the Nets are right now. And as far as the Knicks-Nets games, first one is going to be in Brooklyn on Wednesday, November the 9th. Next one is going to be also in Brooklyn, Saturday, January 28th. That gets national TV treatment. How about that? Saturday, January 28th, 5.30 tip-off on ABC. That's the day. Is that the day? Yeah, that's the day before the conference championship games in the NFL. So Knicks-Nets in Brooklyn, January 28th, ABC. Then they go to the Garden finally on February 13th. That's a Monday. And then another trip to the Garden on March the 1st. That's a Wednesday. So four games, Knicks-Nets, first two in Brooklyn, next two at Madison Square Garden. If you're looking as to what teams got the most national TV games, well, the Boston Celtics, who went to the NBA Finals last year, and I think – Upgraded their roster in a big, big way in the offseason. Malcolm Brogdon, Gallinari, among others. Boston's got 37 national TV games. 37 pieces of flair for the Boston Celtics here in this upcoming season. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. Kevin in Hackensack. Let's hear from him. He's got some thoughts on the Yanks. He's up next here on the Dan Grosser Show. Kev, how are you? Hey, what's going on, bro? What's up, Kev? What are you doing? I'm chilling. I'm delivering Uber Eats, and they have criminals, man. They're feeding me pennies. <laughs> I got to do what we got to do. Well, wait a <laughs> second. Tell me gotta... something. Wait, wait, wait. Because I'm not really, uh, if I excuse the pun, I'm not Uber familiar with the Uber Eats game. Who are, now, when you're saying they're criminals, are you talking about the different restaurants and stuff or the customers themselves? No, the company, they will actually send you an order where they'll pay you $2.89 and the customer tip is making up the difference. So I'm driving my car, parking it, getting out, going into a restaurant, getting the food, going back, driving it to the customer, go to their house, go in the elevator, come back down, it's like $3, $4. Oh, come on. 
come on. You know what, Kev? Here's what you're going to do next time. Next time you're doing one of these Uber Eats runs, all right? You're going to deliver the food, and when you deliver the food, I'm going to be on the other line, and I'll talk some sense into these people. How about that? Yeah, I thought about actually recording it and showing you what they pay you. It's criminal. No, that's you, you, see, you can't be doing that. You got anybody out there who's ordering Uber Eats tonight, and you're going to get a delivery from my guy Kevin. You treat him with some respect, and you tip the guy for all. He's doing God's work tonight. That's what he's doing. God's work. Treat him fairly, right, oh. Kevin? Am I wrong or what? Nah, you're 100 percent right, and I'm listening to you, and you get me through it. <laughs> you get me through it. You know what I'm saying? Listening to you because I'm like, wow. But the comment I wanted to make too. I mean, you were talking about NBA. But I was wanted to get back to the baseball as far as, like, the Yankees and they're hitting woes and this, that, and the other, blah, blah. It's like pitchers know how to place their pitches in certain areas to certain hitters because that's their weakness. Why don't professional hitters learn how to, when the whole infield is on the right side of, of the infield, why can't you place the ball here or there? That's a talent and a skill that you have to develop to be a professional. If Pete Rose was hitting, he would be hitting 400, 450 nowadays. Why Carew? Because they know how to place the ball. When the third baseman is on the edge of the outfield grass, drop a bunt and know how to practice that. Everybody is just like the NBA. Everybody wants to hit the three-point shot. They want the goal. You know, and it's, it's, it's so simple. But at the same time, I guess when you drop a bunch, you don't get the big contracts and contract deals. You know what That's it is, I Kev? It's, it's playing yeah. winning baseball, too, and you're right. And, Kev, thank you for the phone call, my man. Hang in there. All right, we'll get you through the rest of the night here doing your deliveries and stuff like that, but I'm glad you checked in. And let us know about some of the injustice that's going on here with this garbage, with the tipping. And, I mean, come on. That's not fair. By the way, no knock on Kevin, though, or anybody else who does that for a living to earn some money. And, you know, what? hard work, honest work, nobody is going to thumb their nose on that. But maybe it's my own, like, neuroses. I've, I'm not really a big fan of, like, the, the food delivery game. Just because, like, I don't know, like, where it's coming from. You know, I, I'm kind of neurotic like that. I don't know where it's coming from. I'd rather just go pick it up myself. Like, no knock on anybody who does it, but it's just, yeah, I don't, I don't know what kind of car they're driving. I don't know what's in their car. I don't know what other food it's, like, being mixed with. How do I know how often the car is being cleaned? That's, like, it's just me. You know, I'd rather go out myself and just get it done. That's a home run for the Yank, uh, for the Tampa Bay Rays. Ramirez takes Lucas Litke deep. Lucas Litke, by the way, looks like an actor who was hired to portray a baseball player in some, like, crummy baseball movie. Does Lucas Litke. But it doesn't change things. It's 4 nothing Rays over the Yankees. Mets and Braves have resumed. Max Scherzer on the mound in the bottom of the third. Hallelujah. LeBron James is going to be sticking around a while longer in the NBA, probably with the Lakers. We'll see if we can dig a little bit deeper into what his latest contract extension means. And then we'll get to some football in hour number three. It's Dan Grasso with you right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> so LeBron James, this afternoon it was announced. I think our boy Woj broke the story. LeBron signs a contract extension with the Los Angeles Lakers. Sticking around for a couple of more seasons at the very least. Two years, 
million, which is good money if you can get it, right? Nice chunk of change. But what does it do? Number one, at the very least, it ties LeBron to L.A. for at least we would like to think the remainder of his NBA career, although with him you never know. But what it also does, too, is that the contract has a third-year option for 2024-2025. That third-year option is the year when his son, Bronny, can make his NBA debut. And you know that LeBron, in the back of his mind, he probably would love nothing more. And I think he's even talked about this, too, if I'm not mistaken. He's already said, you know what, the dream one day to be able to play on the same team with my son. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine what that, like, draft experience is going to be like that year to where, like, is there going to be, like, a moratorium or something on, like, every club in the NBA that on draft night, like, they're not allowed to select Bronny, that, like, it has to be the Lakers and that's who they have to get? The dangerous part about that whole circumstance, though, is what if, and we don't know, what if he's not good enough to be in the NBA? Right? I mean, think about, like, some of the really, really good college basketball players, guys that played college hoops at the highest level, toughest conferences, excelled individually and both as a team, and yet they weren't good enough to play in the NBA. So just because of who his father is doesn't mean that he's going to be anywhere near as good. And, and, you know, he's all right. He's okay. And already you're starting to hear rumors about where he maybe will go to school. And where he's going to think about, you know, playing college ball. He ain't going to go straight to the NBA. We know that. But, you know, like I see Oregon, you know, there's these rumors kind of maybe tying uh, Bronny to Oregon. And LeBron James even had to tweet out stuff and saying, like, don't believe everything you read. It's a bunch of garbage. You know what I will believe, though? That I guarantee you that wherever Bronny goes to school, guess what athletic apparel sponsor that school is going to be tied to. It's called Nike. Because they are a swoosh family, LeBron and company. So you know that he ain't going someplace that is not a Nike school. And Oregon is like the birthplace of Nike, with Phil Knight, of course. You know, they get new uniforms for like every game at that school because, you know, Nike just handles it. That's his alma mater, his place. Like even I remember there was reading some stuff about a month ago <laughs> that, you know, Rutgers, my beloved Scarlet Knights, were out there on the recruiting trail, maybe kind of like poking around and, and gauging Bronny's interest as to whether or not he would maybe even want to consider coming to play for the Scarlet Knights. You know, a little Big Ten basketball. Hell, we went to the NCAA tournament three straight years. Coach Peichel's got this program humming. But the problem is, is that we're in Adidas school. We're not a Nike school. Like, wouldn't that be great if, like, he ever, like, let's say he chose Rutgers, and then you would have LeBron sitting there courtside at the rack in Piscataway. Like, how freaking great would that be? It's never going to happen, but, you know. So, with this latest contract, LeBron's career earnings in NBA money, $532 million when it's all said and done. That's just an NBA contract, which is the most ever by a player in the National Basketball Association. And he'll be 38 years of age later on this season. His birthday's like the end of December. You know what the bottom line is here? Number one, I think it's good for the Lakers 
that all of this kind of uncertainty and this drama as to, you know, does he want to play someplace else? Is he going to up and move? Because, look, LeBron's done that in his career, right? He's a move guy. Cleveland, Miami, Cleveland, Lakers, and there might be another team. Like, let's say Bronny ends up with another team. LeBron will probably be on his last legs at the end of his career, and then maybe the Lakers won't care if he up and leaves to go play for that team. Because I think deep down, that's what he wants, and he'll probably end up getting his way. Remember, the NBA is run by the players, and there is not one guy who's any more influential right now in the league than LeBron James, and probably the same in two, three years from now. So we'll see what happens, but, you know, at the very least, I think you look at this club, at least for the next two seasons, as a destination for other stars. You know, Kyrie was nosing around, wanting to play with the Lakers. You know, whether James Harden maybe one day ends up out there, or anybody else, any disgruntled superstar. If LeBron is there, if Anthony Davis is there, they're going to consider L.A., Do I think LeBron has another championship in him? No. As the main guy? No. This Laker team? No. I don't even know if he can make it through a season healthy. And that's even with the load management garbage that we have in the NBA now. 